0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know,
1: guys, we are working our way through Philippians. We're actually getting close to the end now, and we've been talking about the struggle for joy. We've been talking about the Christian life is not something that's necessarily rosy. It's not necessarily something that is supposed to be trouble-free in this world. The reality is, is that it's, it's a hard road. It's a road filled with struggles. It really is a struggle to find your joy in Jesus. And so we've been talking about that through this series, and so we're up to Chapter 4, we've already looked at these two verses. We've looked at them as part of another point of instruction about keeping on, about moving forward. But I wanted to focus more on them because I think when we talk about the struggle for joy, you really got to understand the need for and the importance of prayer in your life. You really need to grasp the reality that it is so important for you to talk to God. For you to go to him with the things that are on your heart and your needs. It's so important. And when I talk about prayer, let me just go ahead and just say it right off the bat. Prayer is a religious term that almost has with itself some baggage. You know, when you think of prayer, you think of things that you need to do, like you need to get on your knees, or or you need to have your head bowed, or you need to have your hands together, or you need to be in this mindset or that mindset, and you need to say it this way or say it that way. Prayer comes, the word prayer comes with its baggage based upon whatever conditioning you've had in your life. Because a lot of you have been told about prayer since you were wee little. You know what I'm saying whether it was your parents telling you how to pray or you watched somebody pray and you, and you know you prayed a certain prayer here and then and here and there and and the reality is is what when we talk about prayer, I'm not going to talk about the religious term for it, I'm going to talk about what the reality prayer is, and here's what prayer is: prayer is simply talking to God. bottom line, prayer is simply talking to God. That's all it is. There's nothing spectacular about it, except for the fact of who you're talking to. But the reality is you and I need it. Why do we need it? Well, before we look at our passage, I just want to talk about the desperation we face. Because here's reality. Two things I want you to see here. Number one, the troubles of this life are overwhelming. The troubles of this life are overwhelming. You know, the reality is, let's just be flat out honest, the reality is you're going to face hard times. You're going to face a struggle. You're going to go through difficulties. It might be in the area of your finances. It might be in the area of your health. It might be in the area of your relationships. You're going to go through difficulties. That's life. We are not exempt from the issues, are we? Did you know what I'm saying? And the older you get, the more you realize that. In fact, the older you get, you begin to become more and more overwhelmed by the stuff that happens because it doesn't seem to want to end. Did you know what I mean? And some of you can say, man, it hasn't been good for years. There hasn't been breathing room. seems like I go from one thing to another. You feel like that little silver ball in one of those... Pinball machines that we used to play with as a kid where you get bounced from one bumper to the other. From one problem to another. That's life. And it's overwhelming sometimes. And and sometimes we get desperate and the desperation pours out of us like God, do you even care for me? God, do you even love me? God I, I've been serving you, Lord. I've been doing all these things, Lord. Why is this happening to me? Been there? We don't like to admit it because, you know, we're a church where everything's supposed to be good and we're supposed to be spiritual, right? Here's the thing. It causes us, here's the second point, it causes us to want to give up. It causes us to want to give up. You know what? I, I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. We're, we're We're a church of real people, so let's be real. I am not impressed by people who say to me that they can handle anything. Do you hear me? I am not impressed by people who tell me they can handle everything because you're not being realistic because the most unbelievable stuff will happen in your life and you're not exempt because that's the nature of this life. You're not ready for everything. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're not ready for when the doctor drops the bomb and says to you that this is what you're struggling with. Nobody's ready for that. And life is overwhelming, and we can be overwhelmed by it. And, and there it will cause us sometimes to want to what? Give up. That's the struggle for joy. That's the Christian life, isn't it? That's what Paul's been talking about as we've been going through this letter. And then we come to verse 6. So read with me. Look at what he says. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. What's he saying, George? We gotta pray. We gotta pray out of our desperation. We gotta give God our desperate prayers. We gotta go to Him and talk to Him about what's going on. We need to appeal to him. In fact, what we're going to do here is we're going to take these two verses and basically break it into two sections. We're going to see appealing to God. We're going to talk to him about the stuff that's going on, about the things that we're facing, the desperation. And we're going to see some things here that might surprise you. And then we're going to see the result, what happens in verse 7. So let's Let's look at verse 6. Look at what he's saying there. Number one, here's the first thing he's telling us. It's very very interesting. He says, be anxious for nothing. What's he talking about here? Well, we understand anxiety, right? Do, do you know what I'm saying? How many of you have, have been through a situation that would not let you sleep at night? You thought you could go to bed, and you thought that for the moment, maybe you would get a break from it, and you dream about it. In fact, you're trying to solve the problem in your dreams. Some of you are like, yeah, I wish I was dreaming. I can't sleep because of my problem. Been there. And you wake up the next morning and it's there staring at you. That's anxiety, is it not? And so what he's telling us here is this. Listen, don't allow your troubles to consume you. Isn't that what we do? We allow our troubles to consume us. It's all we talk about. So how was the game last year? How did did Penn State do? Oh, they did really well. Oh, that's great. You know, right now, things are really tough for me right now. I'm really going through this. The boss is on my neck. I thought we were talking about the game. Oh, yeah, but this is what's going on with me. They think they got troubles. Think about my troubles. Isn't that happening? Isn't that what we do? Hey, I heard you went to see the movie. How was it? Oh, it's really good, but you know, things aren't good at home. Tell me about the movie. I, I'm not, I couldn't think about the movie. I was thinking about home. It consumes us. It's all we talk about. You know what I'm talking about because you're calling your friends, telling them about it, hoping that they'll give you an answer, right? Have you noticed we do that? Go through a difficulty. We don't know what to do. We call 50 people to have them tell us, I don't know what to do. It's all because we're consumed. And he's telling us here, be anxious for nothing. Don't let your troubles consume you. Isn't that what we do? Isn't that what? And if you think about it, think about the stuff that consumed you. You know, I was just thinking this morning, this is September the 14th, 15 years ago. Tomorrow, I woke up and we decided to leave my first church 15 years ago, Lori. I remember I got up because things were not good. And I got up and I walked out of the bedroom. Lori was in the kitchen. She was feeding feeding Maddie and Foss. Maddie was four. No, three. Foster was two. And I said, I think it's time for us to go, Lorre. Thank think God's telling us it's time for us to go. We've been there four years. I, I tell you what, I'm going to be honest with you. It consumed me. And I think back, I was just thinking back today, how many sleepless nights I had. How many times I was worrying. How many times I was panicking. How many times I wondered if we would get through it. Here I am 15 years later. We got through it. Think about the times when you were consumed by something. Do you know what I mean? When you wondered, "Can I, am I going to get through this? Am I going to get through this? You're here. You got through it. God got you through it. Don't be consumed by your troubles. That's what he's saying here. First thing, if I'm appealing to God, is don't let your troubles consume you. So what does he tell me to do? Pray about everything. Look at what he says there, verse 6. In everything, by prayer and supplication. You pray about everything. Everything? Everything. This has got brought new meaning to me. You know, Maddie's out at uh, in Ohio at college and uh texting is great. Cause she'll she'll send a text and I and, and, and I can't respond because she's busy. Or at least my wife tells me leave her alone. Okay. And uh, uh but she'll tell me about stuff that you might think is insignificant. And silly. But to me, it's precious. Why? Because I want to hear from my Maddie. Did you understand what I'm saying? I want to hear from my Maddie. You know what? I realized when I was thinking about that. That's how God is with us. You might think that what you got to share with him, your little problem, is insignificant to what's going on in the Middle East right now. Or this situation or the economy or this, that, or another, but God so loves you that what you want to that everybody else might think it's insignificant, why bother God with it? God says, I want to hear it because I love you. So don't be consumed by your troubles. You pray about it, you pray about everything. You bring it to him. The insignificant thing, like, Lord, i got to get to this appointment, and the guy's driving 30 in a 50 mile per hour zone in a no-passing zone here from here to Clearfield. Lord, give him a flat tire. Get him off the road. It's okay. You know you pray that way, okay? Right? Pray about everything. But it's that next part we have a hard time with. Look at what he says. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, here's that next part. This is the part we got to hang up with, with Thanksgiving. Whoa, you just lost me there, George. Because it's eating my lunch. The struggle I'm going through is difficult. I don't want, how can I be thankful? I want it out of my life. It's painful. And you're telling me that I need to pray about it? I can pray about it. I can talk to God all day long about it, but you're telling me to be thankful about it? You've got to be kidding. I'm not the one telling you to do it. God is. He's telling you that in the midst of your crisis... In the midst of your difficulty, in the midst of your struggles, in the midst of your troubles that are consuming you, that you pray about it and you be thankful to him in the midst of it. Why? Here's my next point. Thankfulness in prayer expresses trust in God. Here's why you got to be thankful. Because when you're going through it and you recognize that he's in control, that he never left the throne, he's always in control, you can be thankful that no matter what's going to happen, you've got a God who will take care of you. He may not take away your problem. He'll give you grace to see you through it. But you can be thankful that I have a place with my Father, that my Father loves me, and that my Father will care for me, and that even though I'm not thankful that I'm going through this, I'm thankful that I have a God who will see me through it. Do you know what I'm saying? You can be thankful because thankfulness expresses where your trust is. Are you trusting in God when you pray? In fact, let me just be honest with you. Isn't that the test of whether or not we truly trust him when we pray? Because you can pray and not trust him, right? You can go through the motions of prayer and not trust him. But if you're thankful for your circumstances, for your situation, even if it is troubling, that's expressing something. That's expressing God, I don't understand, but I'm trusting you. I'm thankful that I have you to see me through this. Do you understand what I'm saying? Here's the other thing he does. Be specific in your requests. Look with me. And I'll, I'll explain it to you. How did, how did you get that, George? Look there. Let your requests be made known to God. The word request there, in its original language, means a specific request. You know, some of, can I be honest with you? Some of our prayers, some of my prayers are so mamsy-pamsy. Oh, God, I'm going through a situation right now. Can you help me? That's pretty mamsy-pamsy. God, deal with the person. God, help, help them, help them to come to you. They don't know you, Lord. Help them to come to you, or, or God, deal with this situation. Deal with my enemies. God, break their heart over their sin. God, bring about an answer here. Lord, if you don't want to take away this problem, give me the grace to see me through this. Be specific. The problem is is we're not specific. Uh, But, yeah, we are, though. Let's stop for a moment. We're specific with everybody else. What do you mean, George? You're specific when you're talking to your buddy on the phone and you're saying, well, you know, the boss is really breathing down my neck and and we need a new boss. And, you know, you're telling your buddy about it. But when you talk to God, oh, God, please bless work. Help me make it through another day. But you tell everybody else what needs to happen that day. Hello, do you see the disconnect? See, if I'm not going to be consumed with my troubles, if I'm going to pray about everything, if I'm going to express my trust in God through thanksgiving, then I need to be specific in my prayers as well. And you tell him. You tell him. Here's the result. Why do we do it? Look at verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Two things. You do this. You pray. You trust him. You're specific. You're not being consumed by your troubles. You do this. Look at what Paul says God will do. God will give you peace. 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 You know, that stands in contrast, isn't it? Because when we're consumed by it, do we have peace? No. No, not at all. When we're consumed by the issue because we're not sleeping, all we're thinking about, we can't even focus on a game properly without thinking about it. We're wondering about what, what this happens, what this happens. I mean, you go on vacation and there's difficulty. What are you thinking about? You're laying on the beach. You're supposed to be soaking in the rays. You're thinking, you should be thinking about the seafood joint you're going to eat at later if you like seafood. And what are you thinking about? The problem back home. There's no peace. God says, you come talk to me. You trust me, you be thankful, and you tell me what's going on, and I will give you peace. You know, when we talk about the struggle for joy, even when we don't know what's going on, there's something about having peace. Here's the second thing he says. God's peace will protect your heart and your mind. It'll protect your heart and mind. That's what he does. You know, I've shared this with you. Fifteen years ago, we made that decision to leave. I can tell you that in the months right before that decision to leave, there were many times that I was worrying and and stuff. And I told you, I I would say to Lori, you know, the kids would be in bed, we'd talk at night. And i said, say, Lord, you go ahead to bed. I'm just going to read here, and I'm going to pray. And I would talk to God, and I would be specific. God, these folks are doing right. Lord, this pastor is involving himself in this situation. I don't know what to do about this, God. God, I want to see the church go forward. God, I want to see this. And I would talk to him and talk to him and, and just lay out my heart before him about what was going on at that church. And I would have peace. I would my time would end, and I'm telling you folks, I I don't even know how to describe it. I just remember it. The sense that He is in control. You know what I'm talking some of you know what I'm talking about. You've been there. It's the sense of sensing God's presence there in the room. And knowing that he's in control. Let me tell you right now, he did not tell me how it would go. He did not give me a revelation beforehand and say, you're going to resign here, George, and the next year is going to be the dark night of your soul. He didn't tell me any of that. He gave me peace for the moment to guard my heart and to guard my mind for the next day. To face the struggles of the next day. That's the result. So let me ask you. How's the way you've been handling it working for you? Do you get peace after talking to ten friends about it? I'll tell you, after talking to ten of my friends, I'm more confused. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You're probably saying, well, I don't want to call your friends. No, you don't want to either, okay? The reality is, do you see what I'm saying? It's right there in front of us. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've committed to follow him, you have access to God anytime, anywhere. Why don't we take our desperation to him? Why don't we let him guide us and give us the peace? Now, he may not take it away. He didn't take the problem away. He may not give you the answer. This is what you got to do. He may not zap of somebody. I know that's what you're praying for. It may not happen. But he'll give you peace to see you through the next step. So he says, okay, George, what do we do with this? Here's two thoughts. Questions. Number one, are you consumed with your troubles? Are you? Are you consumed with them? Are they eating your lunch? Is that all you're thinking about? Is you... And your difficulties and your struggles, you need to ask yourself, be honest with you. See, we can put on, you know, the wonderful thing about humanity, it's not wonderful, but it's just a reality. We are such good actors. Have you noticed that? We don't hand out Oscars for these kind of acts because it's normal. What do you mean, George? Well, most of us do not wear our feelings on our sleeves. Most of us, when we go through the junk we go through, we put on our best face and act like everything is what? Normal. And so you might be here today, and you got your best face on. Or you're hoping you got your best face on, okay? But on the inside, you are a turmoil. You are a cauldron of emotions because you got a phone call or you got a letter or you got a report or this happened or that happened and and you don't know what to do and and it's eating you. You can't even pay attention completely because it's there. So my question to you is, is, are you consumed with your troubles? Here's the second thing. Have you thought about praying? Have you thought about going to God, who knows everything about your situation? Now, here's the problem. When I talk, even when, I, when I'm working through my junk and my stuff, and, and, I, and, I, and I'm talking to Lori, and I can try to communicate to Lori about my stuff, and she, she knows me. Do you know what I'm saying? She knows me. But I could sit there and try to say to her, you know, this is how I'm feeling, sweetie, and this is how, you know, this, that, or another. She doesn't know how I'm feeling. She doesn't know the emotions that are going through me. Now, she thinks she knows how I think, okay? Or she's gotten good at predicting me from observation. And she knows that I can lose it, you know what I'm saying, with emotions. But she doesn't know. She doesn't understand. You know what I'm talking about? Your spouse doesn't know you, completely know you. You, Your friend doesn't know you. Nobody can talk. But God knows you. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly the emotions. He knows the thoughts. He knows every detail. See, when I talk to Lori about the details, she only knows what I tell her. That's the reality. Have you thought about praying? Hey, folks, this is the reason why we're doing this. If we're going to progress in our pursuing godliness in our lives, if we're going to continue in the struggle for joy, we've got to think about praying. So here's our action point. Here's what we need to do. Ask the Spirit to help you to be consistent with, and speaking to God. To be consistent. That's I'm not asking for you to to all of a sudden decide, okay, I'm going to start praying now for an hour. You try that, it won't work. You'll be bored. You'll fall asleep. You'll run out of stuff after five minutes. No, no. Let's just start with the first thing: being consistent. Take five minutes. Two minutes i talking to him throughout the day. Take take be consistent, and as soon as something happens that you're made aware of it, that you would begin to say, Okay, God, this is the circumstance. In the quietness of my heart, I'm talking to you because I don't know what to do here. Help me. Lord, my friend's going through this. He just found out that he has cancer. God help him. Be consistent. Be consistent in praying and speaking to God. That's what you've got to ask the Spirit to do, to help you to be consistent.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania.